Good morning. Good morning. It is both humbling and terrifying to be standing up here before you today. May we both have a positive experience on each side of the lectern. And in a minute, you're going to think this is pretty ironic considering what I'm preaching about, but I need enough light to be able to see. Merriam-Webster defines greed as a selfish and excessive desire for more of something than is needed. This morning we hear in the Gospel reading from Luke that Jesus warns us to be on our guard against all kinds of greed. For one's life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Jesus then proceeds to tell us the story of the rich farmer who was having a bumper crop that year. The farmer had such an abundance of grain that he had no room in his barns to store that grain. And so what does the farmer say? He thought to himself and he says, who should I do or what should I do for I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. And live high on the hog as it would be. So two things emerged for me out of this short part of the reading. And the first is, the farmer is only focused on himself and the goods that he has collected. He's only worried about his personal gain. And if you listen to what I just read, you'll see that he says I six times in this reading and my five times. I have no place to store my crops. I will pull down my barns. I will build larger barns. I will store my grain and my goods. I will relax, eat, drink, and be merry. The second thing that emerged was there's no awareness of the need for other people in his life. There's no mention of the farmhands who work the land, plant the seed, and harvested the crops. There's no mention of anyone else in his life. No wife, no children, no parents, no friends. There's no mention, of course, of sharing that abundance with anyone else. And most importantly, there is no mention of God or thankfulness to God for the blessing of his fertile land and his abundant crop. He has built his life in security around the material goods, and he doesn't even recognize that it's all a gift from God. And what God, does God say to him? You fool. This very night you will leave the, this earth, earthly life. And the material things that you have stored up for yourself, those finite items that you have put your trust in, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves but are not rich towards God are not rich towards God. Those are the words to 
to hang on to. In the 1980s, Louise Sacconi, who named herself Madonna, confessed in song that she was a material girl and that we are all living in a material world. It's true, isn't it? We live in a world that is caught up in having the right car, the right phone, the right clothes, the right shoes, the right job, even sometimes the right friends. We are a culture of stuff. We accumulate stuff, we buy stuff for ourselves and stuff for others. We live in an age where the more stuff we have, the more successful and happier we appear to be. And, and who can blame us? We're constantly bombarded by ads every single day telling us that owning that stuff will make us happier, will make our life easier. And it's not just about the tangible stuff either. To quote my friend Daryl Kuzno, often our most greedy possessions are the intangibles, such as education, status, popularity, intelligence, our sense of being right, even our sense of spiritual enlightenment. Any aspect of self that we would use to secure our future can mislead us. So where does the problem lie? In an article in the Christian Century titled, Living in a Material World, Michael L. Lindvall states, the problem, I think, is not so much that we like stuff too much, rather, it's that we don't like it enough. He continues with, before you cry heresy, let me explain. We acquire things, but then quickly tire of the things that seem so important when first obtained. We replace rather than repair because we have such fickle and passing romances with our things. The real soul danger is not exactly in liking things too much, nor in owning them, nor in caring for them well. In fact, there can be a great value in such a caring relationship with physical things. The soul danger lies in the insatiable longing to acquire new things one after another. More and more things if, as if getting them somehow proves our worth in comparison with others, as if the having of them can fill our emptiness. It's this insatiable, insatiable drive to acquire stuff rather than the stuff itself that is the problem." End quote. The real problem comes when the stuff we have collected becomes more important than sharing ourselves with others. The danger is when we allow that stuff, whether it's tangible or intangible, to fill our hearts, rather than allowing God to fill our hearts. So what is it to be rich towards God, you ask? Being rich towards God is not about what we have. It's not about what we get. Being rich towards God is about understanding that our life is a gift from God. Being rich toward God is to live knowing we are the stewards of the gifts that we have been given. 
and that we are stewards of the blessings of God. Being rich towards God is remembering that stewardship is measured by, not by what we have received, but what we have given to others. And at the end of the day, I believe that we know of a, we have a life rich towards God when we have shared our life with others. When we are aware of the blessings of God's mercy, peace, love, grace, wisdom, and we share that with others. That is when I truly believe we are being rich towards God. My friends, may we always seek to be rich towards God. Amen.